Did you know that since 1993, 178 million children in 160 countries have received an Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift? As the coronavirus continues to spread and cause untold suffering, children around the world need hope and joy now as much as ever. This year, Samaritan's Purse anticipates reaching another 11 million children with shoebox gifts. Every child who receives an Operation Christmas Child shoebox hears the message of Jesus Christ. And each year, more than 4 million shoebox recipients participate in a follow-up discipleship program called The Greatest Journey. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn how you can pack a shoebox gift and be part of this global effort of fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. Listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. I'm so glad to have you here today. We have some great friends, and we're going to be talking today about hospitality and how important that is to all of us. So, to my right here in the studio is Jana McGrader. <laughs> hey, Jana. Hello, Chuck. We are in the studio. I know. How this is the first is in a long time. It's been months. Yes. And so we have been recording the podcast via Zoom, so I'm sure that our microphone, our audio quality has been really I hope so, yeah. not the greatest. Right. I hope it's better. Recording with our cell phones and things. But yes. today we have real mics. Yes. And we're here with Trey. Hey, Trey. Hello. How's it going? Are you mic'd up today? I am. Awesome. Yep. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, we've, you know, like all of us, we have been <laughs> social distanced in our own homes mm-hmm. over the last several months. And Jana, I know you like to be with people. I mean, we're both people people, right? We are. We're out, outgoing, we are. Uh, extroverted types and like the fun. But you actually are a party person. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. You know, that's kind of a loaded <laughs> word. <laughs> you, I, you are. OK, so I like to be the life of the party, but you like to be the host of the party. OK. Right. You, I can you live are, with that. In our uh, in our universe, yes. you tend to be like the hostess with the mostest. Okay. Like you'll host a party for our team. We'll come to your house. You love having people in your home. Yeah. You'll often like cater in some like super cool enchilada bar or something. <laughs> right? Isn't that you? I, 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 I've had to find the right kind of Tex-Mex in Nashville. Yeah. And have not been able to find a restaurant that I like. And so I found a, a lady who uh, is from Mexico who cooks out of her home. And offers that service uh, to others. And so I like to have her bring in a whole pan of tacos and salsas and homemade chips and things like that. So, so te- yes. Texas girl yes. in Nashville problems. It is a problem. Yes. So I'm a New Jersey guy in Nashville who can't find good pizza. pizza. That's a whole different story. Yeah. Well, anyhow, another great friend. You need to find friend. you a guy. We have, we have with us is Kelly Minter. Hi, Kelly. Yes. Welcome. Right as you take a sip, I'm going to welcome right you. Right as I drink it. Yes. Yes. Good to see I you I should guys. be a waiter. Maybe one day I'll be a waiter. I can come by and say, is everything all right? Perfect. Just as you take a drink. Every, yeah, right. I know, right? I know. Well, it's this my uh, second cup of coffee this morning, which is, you know, I'm usually like a one cup person, but today, here we are. Is the I second cup second just for cup, us? So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just to get through the kids' podcast. Just to get you up with the podcast. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm no, I'm, I'm used to dealing with uh, adults, not kids. Although I guess kids aren't really listening, right? No, you've got adults right. on the other end. But, however, you know, some of us, it is questionable. 
<laughs> adult children. Levels of that's maturity that. are, you know, that's a whole different variable. Well, listeners, you, I'm sure you know Kelly Minter, author, speaker, songwriter. Uh, Kelly was a speaker at our Etch conference that, uh, that aired just recently, uh, Etch Live. We did virtual this year. If you missed that, by the way, it's not too late to see the conference. What? Yeah. Yeah. You can because still see it. Because it's going on all year. So digitalpass.lifeway.com is the URL, digitalpass.lifeway.com, where you can log in and you can experience the Etch Conference on your schedule, including Kelly's section, where we got to see her in her kitchen. So awesome. Preparing this awesome soup stew Thing. What did you call <laughs> it? I think, I, yeah, it was it was soup. It was yeah, like turkey I, kale. I like stew. I don't do a whole lot of it, but it was a. I think it was a sausage, cannellini bean, mm-hmm. um, kale, and I might have substituted turkey. You for did. The sausage. You did. So the depends on how healthy you're feeling. Uh huh. So you know, as we the more depressed we get into winter, you just throw <laughs> the turkey right. out and you add the sausage. <laughs> there you go. Just depending on what your goals are, but it's a really good soup. As a hearty instead of a stew, I would call it a hearty soup. There we go. Substantial. So, Guys will like it and feel full afterwards. Is it like the soup that eats like a meal? Yeah. Like, oh, remember absolutely. Remember Chunky Soup? Oh, Chunky yeah. Soup yeah. had that? It's like oh, yeah. No, soup. not that. Not but, like that. <laughs> it's a little more uh, refined. Than Correct. That, right? it it's called homemade. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, you have, a, you have a cookbook. It's not brand new. It's been out for a little while. But, I mean, for our audience, let's talk about it like it's new. So your cookbook, okay. A Place at the Table, it's, uh, it's recipes it. for um, meaningful gatherings. It's beautiful. And yeah. so we that's exciting and fun hospitality is such an important part of ministry, right? We know discipleship uh-huh. happens in relationship. A lot of us, you know, um, minister side by side with people that we connect with, uh, either to minister to people or with people that coming together uh, around the table can be such a valuable part of building relationships that then God uses uh, to do great things. So right. that, we're having a hard time with that right now. I mentioned Jana likes to host parties. I know you love, love to be a host of things uh, and to cook and share uh, and, and bond together with food. So first of all, tell us a little bit about, uh, uh, as you study scripture, what is it about coming together around the table that just seems like that's part of God's design for us? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we already see right at the beginning of scripture, right in Genesis, that the Lord prepares fruit um, fruit bearing seed and uh, vegetation. Um, so food for us, that this is obviously something that is, is not just going to nourish us, but it, that we're going to enjoy. And then we see God do so many things around food and around the table all throughout the Old Testament. So many significant meals, whether it was uh, bread, um, soup, actually, oddly enough, doesn't have the most glorious track record through the old testament <laughs> it's really funny there's like the uh birthright soup with Esau right. and jacob yes. and so stealing the soup mm-hmm. you know and deceiving his brother and then um you've got i think it's elijah who's like there's like death in the pot of soup and so so anyway i have to get to the new testament and just be free um That's and right. redeem soup because yes. it's my favorite yes. meal it's like my favorite thing to make but all that said is, um, especially when you get to the New Testament too, you see so many um, examples of Jesus sitting with people over a meal. I mean, we just see it over and over. So there does seem to be something that's sacred about sharing a meal with other people, uh, with fellow believers in that we fellowship together like Jesus had with his disciples. But we also saw Jesus dining with sinners and the yes. tax collectors and, you know, uh 
those who would have been more shamed in society or outcast. And so we really see it both as a place of fellowship and also a place of, I think, evangelism and of inviting people um, of all kinds to our table. And really, I, I think it's a way where we all, first of all, come together in need of that nourishment that's before us. It, it's very grounding because it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or it doesn't matter where you've come from. We all have to have it to sustain ourselves. But then um, when Christ quotes Deuteronomy and quotes the Old Testament, he says that, you know, we're not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So then you add the spirit to that. Not only do we all need the nourishment of the food, but we all need the Lord as we sit at the table. So it's a very, it's a place of like, that's very equalizing. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so meaningful. Absolutely. So as, okay, our audience is mainly main uh, ministry leaders. And right now I know they're thinking, okay, it's, we're still under a lot of quarantine standards. Sure. Uh, we're not supposed to, you know, gather. We're supposed to gather small. Have you been asked the question, like, what should we do now? We want right. to show hospitality. I want to gather, let's say, my team of volunteers. I want to gather mm-hmm. maybe some families together. What can we do during this in-between time? Mm -hmm. Well, in some ways, I think it gives us an opportunity to even do this, do this uh, gathering in a more intentional way, because we're probably going to be confined to smaller groups. So that is not necessarily a bad thing, whereas we may have wanted to host a party with 30 people or you know, 40 people that come through the house at an open house at Christmas. That's probably not an, an option this year, well, depending on where you live in the country, but, but it, it probably is an option for us to have four people at our table or six people at our table, um, depending on what that looks for you. But I think that that's also an opportunity for us to be really meaningful and intentional. And it might even be two people at our table. So I think we have this, this honestly, this opportunity to, to more meaningfully engage as opposed to like those big parties, which are really fun and they're great too. And they have their place, but you may not get to those deep places of conversation like you would. I mean, I just had two people over the other night and we had a meal at my kitchen Island and we got to some really deep places that I don't think we would have had if, Mm. if there had even been 10 people over. So in some ways we have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Really so good. at those bigger parties, I personally, as a people person, I find this frustrating. Well, a little frustrating because oh. I want, you wind up getting stuck in one area and you can only talk to the one or two people who are near you. <laughs> you're trapped. And you realize you're not able to really connect well with most of the people. But this idea right. of gathering small mm-hmm. with fewer people so that you can go deep is a great idea. Yeah. That's funny. I'm the opposite of you, Chuck. I go find the two people that I want to be with the whole night. <laughs> and hunker down. You're, like, you're yeah. my people. Stay right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that's, yeah. No, exactly. I think we have a, a an opportunity. And I think, too, even just cooking, we underestimate, I think, the gift of even dropping off a meal mm-hmm. at someone's house or yeah. dropping off. I love to freeze soup. I mean, you guys are going to, if you, if you even look at my cookbook, you're going to see like I have a whole chapter on just soup because I love it so much, (laughs) but soup tastes amazing thought out. So you can't even tell, like you cannot even tell the difference. So even to make a homemade soup and maybe drop that off at someone's house that they can freeze or that already is frozen, just showing that 
that uh, physical touch mm-hmm. and that homemade thoughtful touch, I think is a way to bless the families that we're ministering to right now as well. I think sometimes we think of those soup, like, like those meal deliveries, like when someone has a baby or if there's an yeah. illness, but sure. you're saying that may be something we can do just anytime for no reason. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially during this time when we can't really see people as much, it's a really thoughtful way to say, I'm thinking of you. I care about you. You're not alone. All those things that we're wanting to do. Yes. I think that means so much to people. Um, Like you said, Jana, that when people are alone, they're isolated, especially those who might, um, who are elderly or might have an underlying health condition that really keeps them from being out and about. And then you're able to bring something to them exactly like you said. It's like this really tangible way of them being remembered. And I will also add that one of my favorite volunteer recruitment strategies, let's just say, is the one-on-one ask or maybe a couple to a couple. I remember when um, when I was on church staff, Michael and I would take couples to dinner. And I call it the dinner campaign um, in kids ministry. <laughs> the the two-by-two approach. The yeah, two-by-two because we served in a church mainly of young couples. And so it was kind of the ask was to the couple. And so uh, I remember our executive pastor, I was at my wit's end about volunteer recruitment. And he said, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit of church budget to go on a dinner campaign. I will also say that this could work with a coffee campaign so you could have a lighter budget. (laughs) But um, we, you know, we had people over. We would cast the big vision of what it's like to uh, minister in kids ministry. And man, usually we'd get them hook, line and sinker just from those intentional conversations and, and moments together sitting around the table and um, and sharing. So, all right, Kelly. Let me ask this question. So, a lot of times, some of us may put off having people over, large group or small, because we feel like in order to do that, everything has to be perfect. The house mm. has to be perfectly clean. The meal has to be some sort of fancy gourmet something like you know that looks really good, like you right. did it, right? That looks like maybe if when you do it, Kelly, your stuff just looks. The presentation is beautiful, but is how important is that versus just doing it. Yeah, it's not. And, and that's the thing is I actually, I'm terrible with presentation. I mean, <laughs> I'm always that person the where if you come over, I'm really still good. throwing the salad together. I'm still trying to put the, you know, the pasta is still boiling. I, my pots and pans aren't necessarily clean. I mean, I'm not always the best with all of that, but what I say is get a few pieces that you really like and just stick with them. I mean, I, that's, I don't change my stuff up that often. I just really kind of collect what I like. So I, and that takes the, the guesswork out of it and some of the extra steps. Like if I'm making um, a soup, I know what I'm going to soup bowl I'm going to use. If I'm making a, um, if I'm sauteing something, I know, I know what I'm going to grab. If I'm serving a salad, I know exactly what I'm going to grab. So that makes it easier. And, and honestly, people, don't want perfection. They just, they want your presence Mm -hmm. and they want something that is meaningful and they want that connection. So I, you know, I just would say definitely cast that aside. It also doesn't have to be fancy. Mm -hmm. You can do some simple pasta dishes. You can do some simple, I mean, who hasn't done chicken, you know, 50 different ways, but we still love it. We still eat it. I did a roasted, and this is in the cookbook, but I did a roasted chicken the other day, a, whole, a roasted whole chicken. It's not hard. It, it is so good. I just mm. chop up a bunch of root vegetables. I throw it under the 
the chicken. I put it in a roasting pan. It's like a 40 minute cooking process and it's insanely good Mm. and people love it. And people are like, oh my gosh, what is this? And I'm like, it's a chicken. It's a chicken. It's a, it's <laughs> a yard a bird. I mean, you, it's a whole chicken. You can buy it. The bone in and all that stuff just makes it so much better. But Kelly, what do you do with the guts? I'm always scared to buy a whole chicken. because I, No, I'm being serious. If we can yeah, yeah. just, if we can clear this up real quick. Okay. Because I've heard other people say it's so easy. Um, when, when you go to the store or you go to Publix uh-huh. or whatever, and you get one of those whole chickens and you take it home, I'm intimidated about the guts. Like what, the do you, what do you do yeah. in there? Because they aren't already removed, are they? Okay, so this is what I do. Okay. They're yeah, they're well, they're usually packaged for you inside. I actually okay. always want that. You I want it. Don't even deal like yeah, you if you're gonna buy a whole chicken, you want all that. But they usually have it nicely packaged up inside. Okay. So you just reach into the cavity, grab it, unwrap it. I just did this last week. Okay. Throw it in a little saucepan, cover it with water, boil it. Kind of, kind of simmer it you know, for two hours, three, okay. whatever, however long you have. You might only have 45 minutes. Then I take out, you know, you just have to kind of get over it. But I take <laughs> the neck and yeah. I just get all, they just, it'll shred off little pieces of meat. Yeah. And I'll throw that meat in a little saucepan. I'll pour some of the, um, I'll pretty much discard everything else, but I'll pour some of the water that those innards have boiled in into the saucepan and heat it up. And then I'll just add a little bit of flour and you just whisk it around and salt and pepper. And it's your gravy. Nice. Then you add that gravy over the roasted chicken and the vegetables. It's, Uh, it's so good. It's the easiest thing in the world, but see, you get all that from that, those, the gut bag. Yeah. 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 And so I just throw it all in there. Some people say like toss the liver because, but I, I just throw it all in. Yeah. Boil it. Make your sauce. Get, yeah, and then I but I do take the 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 neck the neck meat. <laughs> so the neck meat before I throw that it's cooked or after? Huh, what'd you say? The neck meat you tear off before it's cooked or after? No, after. After so it's definitely after. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I need to And know it'll these just details. come right it'll okay. come right off. It'll already be cooked. Perfect. And you'll hardly even honestly once you whisk all that with the flour and everything, you won't even hardly see it anymore. Yeah, almost will disintegrate into the gravy. It's just little bits. Yeah. Trey, this has gone in a direction that I never I am so sorry. See, I, I mean, John, you never thought. knew how awesome this is. But I'm telling you, it's a game changer and it's okay. so easy. And people are like, oh my gosh, this gravy, these potatoes. And it's like Perfect. the simplest thing. Okay, so good. when you went gravy, you got me back. You got me back at gravy. Okay. There's See? this little restaurant down the road from us that we've been to. We're in the South, right? We're in Nashville. And this place has yeah. a little handwritten sign that's like innards and gizzards. Yeah. And it's like, who's ever going to order that? Yeah. Or at Thanksgiving, like the, is it giblet or giblet Giblet's gravy? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, there's always stuff floating in there that I just, okay. I don't, it's organ meat and I'm out, you know? Okay. This was not in my move notes. On, I let's have move no on. idea what to do next. It's <laughs> great content. We need a well, segue. So another thought here too is yeah. for kids ministry stuff is, now, granted, I don't know how easy this is on the ministry side or if this is more just a personal family thing, but just inviting kids along. Oh, yeah. Now, I've got some of my nieces and nephews would not be interested in that process at all, but I have one who loves my soup. Oh. And finally, I was like, okay, if you love it so much, I'm going to show you how this is done. And we we dealt with the cavity. <laughs> we held it raw. We rinsed it off. We boiled it, you know, but the whole process was so great for her and 
she loved it. And it was good for her to see that, hey, there was actually some work that went into this, mm-hmm. um, but she can learn how to do it. It's great. Well, so I remember when, you know, when my wife and I were, were young marrieds, uh, that our church had this thing called Dinners for Eight. And it was set up mm-hmm. where you would have these little prearranged gatherings of just like four couples. And you got to know one another very intentionally. And I could see very similarly setting something up for for parents of kids within our ministry to meet one another. Because just yeah. like we're not meeting with our kids, they're not families aren't connecting with each other. Right. And we, we can more very more. easily be mm-hmm. the ones who, you know, who uh, inspire Facilitate some gatherings it. intentionally yeah. between families to bring their kids and maybe even include the kids in making the meal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And kids love to do, and you guys know this so much more than I do, but they love to do things with you. Mm-hmm. And they tend to open up about things while they're doing something manually with you that they wouldn't otherwise. And so I think it's really fun. Great point. So it doesn't have to be fancy. Mm-mm. My house no. doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> I don't have to host a hundred people. So we can right. do it small and simple and it's still meaningful. You can have yes. mixed match hot pads. You, yeah, and I do. <laughs> I, mine are mostly burned. You know my history with things. Listeners so, are going to have to tune into the Digital Pass and see Kelly's uh, cooking show to understand what we're talking about on the mix match. For sure. Kelly, you, so you, <laughs> it's a we'll, teaser. we'll just out you right now. Yeah. We'll just go for it. So <laughs> Kelly was on Etch and she did this whole little cooking segment where she made that awesome soup, not stew, that cool soup with kale and it's hard to believe I'm saying cool soup with kale, but she <laughs> did. And in her kitchen is gorgeous. And then she gets out these two pot holders and she's like, my mitts don't match because I lost them. So you, but you just said you may never have Keeping it matching real. mitts. Mm-hmm. No, probably not. Probably never going to happen. So yeah, no. And I think there's so many things that you can cook that are not difficult. You can, there's so many recipes that are actually really good. And frankly, I think at this day and age, people are just, they, just if you made it, it's going to taste yeah. different than, than right. um, whatever we're just going to grab out to eat. Yeah. And there's just lots of really interesting, but simple things that we can do. So I think it's really a fun, I think it's actually a really needed time mm-hmm. um, for this kind of community. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're outsourcing our food so much. So Uber Eats, Postmasters, no, Postmates. Postmates. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, DoorDash. DoorDash. I mean, people, especially during quarantine, are opting in for that or just picking something up, you know, curbside. So a homemade meal really is becoming more and more special to share with family, with friends, with volunteers that you work with at church. And it really is such an act of service because I, you know, so many times people will come over and they'll be like, we're just so glad that we didn't have to think of this, that we didn't have to put it together, that we didn't have to, that we don't have to clean it up. I mean, it's just, and yeah, granted you're doing that for the night, but that's the, that's the act of service. And it's just, it's a really sweet thing because it really does relieve people of having to think about all of it. So true. If I don't have to think of what to make for dinner, y'all, I mean, my whole day changes yeah. because it stresses yeah. it stresses me out. I don't know why. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. But <laughs> I will still, it's kind of like when you look in your closet and you say, I have nothing to wear, but your closet right. has lots of clothes. It's like, I will look in the pantry, in the refrigerator. There's plenty of food. I will go to the grocery and get tons of food, spend way too much money, come home and say, 
do y'all want to order pizza? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know, I know, I know. And that's another thing. It's just, it's little things, but just getting on top of it at the top of the week, which I'm terrible about. But when I'm on my game, mm-hmm. you know, it does make sense. It's like you go to the grocery store with an idea. I'm yeah. like the wanderer and I Same. go up and down and I'm like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. But if I'm actually planning for a meal, it's nice to just go ahead and get ahead of it, it is. and 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 get it ready. So there's Meal ways planning. to make it easier. Yes. So there's a good challenge for all of us in this. Yes. That that rather than just isolate and pull away and make our little meal just for us, to to be intentional when we shop and as we cook to mm-hmm. prepare something with the, the the sole purpose of sharing it with someone else to build relational yes. connection. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think it's one of the best ways we can build relationship with other people. I I mean I can't hardly think of a better one. Yeah. I have, I will say, started trying to keep charcuterie type things on hand because, you know, dried meats and cheeses and stuff will keep. And so if you do have like a pop up visitor or like I've I've been thinking about inviting my little cul-de-sac of neighbors just to like a little driveway party and just have charcuterie out and then you're cooking nothing. You're just slicing some cheese and meats. I'm so glad you said that because you can, you can do little driveway things and the charcuterie thing is awesome because it's fun. People enjoy it. And you're exactly right. You can keep a lot of that stuff on hand. Yeah. And so I try to do that as well. Nuts. And, and if you have kids coming over, you could put out not, maybe not nuts because of all the allergy stuff, but things like that. And, you know, you could even throw in some M&Ms if you know that well, kids and adults love M&M's, so M&M's <laughs> always are just something to make it fun and, and maybe even thematic. And if you mix M&M's and Skittles in the same bowl, Ew. it becomes a fun party game. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kelly Minter, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your insights with us. We appreciate you, and we're so glad to have you today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you all. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hey, and Jana, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to miss visiting with Kelly. Especially in the studio. Exactly. It's like a party yeah. day. Well, thank you so much. Listeners, we want to encourage you to uh, to take seriously this opportunity that we have. I love that Kelly said it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It may feel like it's an obstacle right now with the way things are, but every obstacle is an opportunity to do something new. And we just need to be intentional about finding new ways to connect with the, the people we lead with and those that we lead. So yeah. this is a great way through through hospitality and the ministry of meals. I love it. So thank you again, Kelly. Uh, you guys, you can find out more and connect with Kelly at kellyminter.com. You can find her cookbook, A Place at the Table, and her new study, uh, which is Finding God Faithful, which is a study on the life of Joseph. So uh, published through Lifeway. You can find that at lifeway.com, I'm sure. And uh, so look for those things. And also, we want to encourage you again to check out the Etch Conference where you can see Kelly's um, potholders. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing kitchen, kitchen and the yummy soup. And you can find the Etch Conference archives at digitalpass.lifeway.com. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.